to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbour, for their continued support. The introduction to this week's podcast is going to take a while because I've got a man who runs a wholesale butcher's business, uh, some retail butcher's shops, a fat cattle unit, three or four pedigree herds of cattle, three or four pedigree herds of sheep, holidaylets, breeds dogs, and still finds time to speak to me, uh, Mike Alford. Good morning. Morning, Andy. How you doing, all right? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, and uh, yourself and Mel and your daughter Charlotte and, and son-in-law are uh, are a tight team there at Fox Hill Farm. But uh, meat is your main business, and uh, the pedigree livestock is maybe a little bit more of a hobby, is it, or is it a shop window? But both, really, but more of a hobby. Really, I've, I've been bred up, brought up in stock all my life. Um, started sharing at Smithfield when I was sixteen. Uh, it's a bit of a bug in it, so um, they've done it all my life, really. Yeah. And uh, and I got into sheep, you know, quite like sheep. We kill a lot of sheep, and uh, got into the pedigree sheep job as well. So yeah, okay. Mainly a hobby, really. And and we'll go back a little bit to your grandfather. I remember him well. There, Harry Cook was uh, was a man in amongst the Angus, and uh, and he went on and won Perth as well. He's one of the few people that's won won Perth with a new house bull, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, he he bought a cave for four thousand guineas at the new house disposal. She was a top price, and they sold up. And her first caviar was champion in Perth, and that, that was in the old market where it's a supermarket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the old, wo- old wooden pens and the upstairs. It was a phenomenal atmosphere they had in that in that market. I, I think the bull went on and sold for ten thousand as well. So a good bit of prof- yeah. good bit of profit in it. It was back in then. Ten thousand then was probably like fifty thousand now. <laughs> it's, uh, it would be. It's a. It would without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Then, then my grandfather, he was in Angus. Um, he showed pedigree, did well with the pedigree Angus, but he also liked the, the um, purebred Angus in the in the fat stock class at Smithfield. Uh-huh. And that's how I got the bug really showing at Smithfield. The um, first time I went to Smithfield, there's 400 fat stock cattle and no, no calves show. It was 400 mm-hmm. fat stockers from me. You know, unbelievable. And, and like to win a class was nearly impossible. It was. And yeah. to win overall was, was was a dream. And you know, you had to be. You not only had to have good cattle, you had to have luck as well, the right judge, everything. It was, it was all against you, really, to win it. But um, we, we managed to win it, but not until 2009, which was in the, uh, the, uh, the Royal Showground at um, Warwickshire. But you did, you, you say it took you that long to win the overall, but you did your, your share down there, Mike. And I remember you coming down there with some always some good cattle and always good, thick, butchery-type cattle. There were a lot of these Scottish cattle were still maybe a little bit full of hair back then. And, and, and as you said, it was about getting the right judge to, to get a bit of flesh in front of them. <clears throat> They, they were, but but on the other hand, um, back then, yeah, they were they weren't as shaped as they were, and they were they were better eating qualities. Nearly all the best fat stuff was had a bit of native breeding them, and that's where the hair in that come from. Yeah, and they they, they, they were a handy weight. You could go you could go to them fat stock shows and buy all as a butcher and buy all the cattle pretty well, and they'd all be top quality butcher's cattle. Mm-hmm. Today, I go to the show and there's 200 cattle there, and you can't bid for a lot. Of them. They're they're too too you know even the heifers are like bulls. They're, they're too shapey, no fat cover. They're not, they're not they're not butchers cattle. They're just just lumps of meat, really. Um, and in some ways, it's put me off fat stock show. I, I'm always looking for them cattle which are. I love show cattle, you know, showy head, two straight lines, leg on each corner, perfectly balanced. But also, I'm looking for a butcher's carcass, and a lot of them haven't got, got the butcher's carcass today. They, they they've gone one step too lean, really. Yeah. And and because because of that, they're sort of six fifty to seven hundred fifty kilos live before they're fit to kill. And the carcasses are 450 to 500 kilos dead, <clears throat> and it, it's you know for for the quality trade it's too big. I mean I know I don't, don't get me wrong. I realise if you send them sort of beasts to, to a lot of these markets throughout the country, there are you know a lot, a lot of the ethnic, ethnic people in this country like a big lean beast with no fat on it, and and, it, and they make a lot of money. But for that top class British trade, 
they're, they're too big and too lean. So, certainly have seen them get bigger, haven't we? Going back in our day, 550 was probably the you know the maximum weight you'd put a champion in, and now, as you said, the 650, 700, a lot of these cattle that are winning as well, and uh, a different type of beast that's evolved specifically for that job, really, and maybe moving away from uh, from from the. But they the are, but I mean, but they just need. To, I mean, of course, probably what I'm talking, you know, the, the, the top end British trade is probably not the biggest beef market in the UK. I mean. And you've got to look at the bigger picture. And I say some of these shapely lean cattle do make a lot of money. I mean, they're not in spec perhaps for the, for the retail trade. Mm-hmm. But the people that do buy them, they do come to a lot of money. So, you know, who's right and who's wrong? But for our trade, they're not really what we're looking for. No, no. And, and to go back to those early days, Mike, you brought out a Galloway. Um, I remember, in fact, you brought a few Galloways, but didn't you win the King's Cup in oh. 1994 with a homebred Galloway as well? So you, were in, you had a few of those well, as well. Yeah, we had we had, we had pedigree galloways. Well, we we like them because of the, obviously the quality of the meat, but the, the, the show class in them and the head arms phenomenal. I mean, just if you look at one of them real Galloway beasts from the front, looking up his nostrils, he's uh, something else. I mean, they got the per- perfect them um, pedigree animals head, haven't they? Yeah. The show and everything. Yeah. yeah. So we we like we they had that beautiful. Well, they had the, the some of them galloways have still got the balance that the old fashioned Angus used to have. I mean, years ago, it was, the, those traditional Angus were tremendous show cattle. They're like blocks of meat, square head. And then Angus went away from that. It was obviously to get them bigger because, you know, you need, you need slightly bigger cattle. They got them too small and too fat, which was the right thing to do. But they, they actually, for a look, for several years, the Angus lost that fat stock um, look because they, they didn't have that thickness and squareness, whereas the Galloways kept it. Yeah. So that's why we showed a few Galloways. But saying that, now there's a lot of Angus. You know, you see, if you go around, as you see, do you see fat stock type Angus again, believe it or not? And I've seen a lot of them. They're, they're, they're coming back. Into, you know, they're a lot bigger than they were, but they're starting to get them a bit neater. And there's a lot of good Angus amongst the Angus cattle again today. It's a long evolution process, isn't it? To the way they've reinvented the Angus from a short the, 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 when they got them too small through till now, and as you said, they went through some pain on the way. But uh, and and some of those coming back to those uh, uh, fluffier ones now, should I say? And just going on with yeah, you at, with you at Smithfield, there you won uh, heifer champion in 1998. I was stewarding that. Yeah, that was a good beast. I was, yeah. Um, 1998, when it was. Now, well, to be honest, with you we won. For five years, we had steer, steer champion in Smithfield for five years on the trot. Right. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite amazing. And one of those was, was the champion in 2009, which was Hanky Panky. Mm. But it, it, in 2009, we actually had champion steer and champion. Everyone we had champion reserve. Okay. Uh, the, the champion steer was, was um, Hanky Panky, and the reserve was Lady Gaga. Okay. Yeah, so we've we, we, we done really well with them, really. Remember those two? The one, we, we, uh, one in 2002, I remember, was Red Hawk as well. That was another good beast. Oh, yes. I know. I'll be honest, with you. <laughs> um, when he when he, he was he was he was a tremendous little steer, and he won the junior title. And I, I looked around at the other champ, the, the other cattle in the thing, and I thought we well, got a good chance. We did, we didn't win, but probably the most disappointing show I had. Really, I I just said, you know, you, you take winning and losing, but it's nice to win. But just I just thought he could have won, and he didn't. So that was a bit disappointing, really. But um, you don't come across little steers like that very often. No. No, and and you um, you have won all the majors, at, uh, Mike. Though I call, yeah. call them the majors, you've yeah, won yeah, at Expo yeah, we, and well, Wales. We won. Well, I tell you, we won. We won, won Smithfield. We won the Welsh Winter Fair. We won Countryside Live. We won Ag- Agri Expo three times. Um, we won the Scottish Winter Fair. And we've had, but we have never won Birmingham. We've had three reserve champions. <laughs> that's the that's the <laughs> yeah. one to win, is it? Well, I mean, yeah, we were there several times with cattle and just didn't go our way, do you know what I mean? But we won, we won the Summer Welsh Show, we won the, the Highland Summer Show, fat stock-wise. And then and then we've done a lot with the pedigrees. We won the, the Highland Show with the pedigree limbs uh, four times. 
let, let, won the Welsh twice. Let's go uh, on. Let's just, four times. let's just dissect those pedigrees a little bit. Uh, and like you say, the pedigrees are just a few cattle. There, you've got four. I think four breeds are there. But if we start with the Lemmers, which is probably what most people will know you for from Fox Hill Farm there, and uh, you got into Lemmers, I think in 2009, put a bit of heavy investment in to start off with a few, uh, you know, a, a few expensive cattle, but they paid off. Yeah, we bought. We, we just we just went. Yeah, we did. We went all the fat stock shows, and we sort of getting it. i getting a bit bored with it. Perhaps we ought to do something different. We always like pedigree cattle, but we, you know, we've been so busy in the business, we never had time to put to. You know, pedigree cattle is a full time job. I'm chief calving them, getting them in calf, embryo work. You know, calving them. Uh, so we said when 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 the, when a herd dispersion, there's a good caper, so we'll go and buy one. Well, we thought that one year, we just waited. In the following year, there was didn't really know the herd bank deal, but somebody somebody actually in the limited side said all. Oh, they're selling up, and they just said champion in May with a bull called um, Bankdale X Factor, and, he, and the mother, mother's for sale, and she's hellish well bred from France. Uh, she, her mother was from France, so we went and had a look at the, the herd and quite liked the cow, and uh, we and we quite liked her. One of our daughters, well, there's two daughters in the sale, made a lot of money. Uh, one made sixty thousand that um, Proctor bought, and then there was another one which was by Fantastic out of her called Bankdale Elizabeth, which we bought for thirty five thousand. We quite liked her, so we bought her and her mother for fifty thousand. Um, uh, Alice bred 650,000 pounds worth of progeny and Elizabeth bred 250,000 so that was a good start <laughs> Certainly a good start and one of those progeny of course was Fox Hill Farm Grace and uh, a lot of people will say one of the best cattle if we did a survey just now one of the best cattle they've ever seen certainly in the pedigree show circuit what a tremendous heifer and, and what, was she ever beaten Mike? She won just about everything I ever saw uh, um, Yeah well Grace, Grace he was actually in Alice when we bought her that was the first of the cow that was in her um, yeah, she 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 did well. She went on and won the, um, I think the sh the calf show at the high at the Scottish Winter Fair. She won the limbs there, and then we kept the rain off. She was she was born the wrong age for showing the first time. Right, she was August born. Okay, um, but she was showed her as a two year old. And she won, uh, yeah, she won the, th the three counties, uh, which was the uh, Limerick Grand Prix. She won the um, the Welsh, the Yorkshire, the, and the Highlands. She won all all the majors in one year. So it was a tremendous. And you know, for us to do that for the first calf, yeah. And then she went on, I think, and won inter most interbreeds in certain, in a few of them anyway, if not all of them. Yeah, she did. She won the interbreed of the Yorkshire, but she was and, uh, and she was reserve at the no, she was she won the Yorkshire and reserve at the Welsh, reserve at the Highland, believe it or not. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then and then we flushed her and we had um, four or five calves ever. Uh, one of them, <clears throat> the first bull calf we had was Louis Vuitton. He was champion in in, in Carlisle, made twenty thousand. And then and at the same flash, we had another one born later, and he was he was reserving May and made 35,000, so she bred quite well as well. Yeah, 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 certainly. It's, uh, it shows, the listeners on here, it shows that if you put the investment in and, and your commitment behind it, that uh, that can pay off there. And obviously, yes, and I think you had uh, five champions in uh, in Carlisle Sale altogether. You've gone on with the limousines. How many limousines are you running now, uh, Mike? Oh, we, we, only, we only have 10 cows, and we have about 15, 20 embryos. Okay. So we, <clears throat> we, got, we, we kept them down... We had a sale two or three years ago. We had um, we sold in Carlisle. We just keep them. We don't want to. If you get too many, pedigree wide, kind of too much of a. You don't concentrate on the best ones. We just find you only want a few of each breed, really, just and and, and do a bit of embryo work. Uh -huh. It's a bit of a hobby, but if you get too many, it becomes a bit of a. When you got we got the meat business to run, it it becomes a bit of a full time job. It's trouble. Sure, sure. And go on to one of the other breeds, then the, the British Blues and, and uh, Kylie. And Kylie is some cow. I think uh, um, is she maybe the only cow you've got, but she's certainly some some beast. We got well, we got two cows, Kylie and her daughter. Um, yeah, Charlotte shows them. Yeah, she um, yeah, her first cow was won the uh, cow show in the Expo in Carlisle, the Belgian Blues. 
um, as, as, a, as about 10, 10 or 11 months old, and there we kept there. Yes, yeah, so we, we only got a couple, we just have a couple of blues, not too many. I see you'd used uh, Park Daimler on, on there, which is the bull I remember going back the way, so you're looking back to a, some okay. historic genetics a little yeah, bit. We, yeah, we used them because uh, we, we knew um, Ridge Dean, which was Michelle Wilde, mm-hmm. and uh, how good her blues were, and she did really well with Park Daimler. So we, we put her on Kylie, and that's the car that won the the expo in Carlisle. That's the one we call Nadia, is it? But but, all, but all, well, also a lot of them Daimler daughters. They used to put a limousine. She used to put a limousine bull across on those heifers, and a lot of them cows that them Daimler Daimler daughters. I mean, did well really well. It's we, well we had a cab funny if uh, we bought a car for, and he was only ten months old. He won the juniors title in Smithfield. Okay, yeah. And he was out of a part Daimler daughter by by a limousine bull. Yeah. And I think she had a, pe- a pedigree that uh, blue heifer same way bred, but by a blue that was out of a Daimler daughter. That won the uh, pedigree championship in Smithfield. Yeah, <clears throat> certainly. But Daimler was a bull before his day. That's sure. He was more upright and more on his legs than a lot of the cattle were at that oh, time. Yeah. That yeah. time, and you remember those early cattle. Some of the blues were a little bit, bit, bit uh, interesting behind, but they. <laughs> yeah, but he, he actually left cattle with really fat, stuffy type. They were awful, correct. They were the plates and tail end, right? They were beautifully round and balanced. Yeah, pro- proper and good on their legs. They were just proper show cow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, and we'll go on, Mike, and don't keep you from your holiday. We'll go on to the Angus, and that's more of a recent investment, but I guess that's you re- in, you know, revisiting your, your grandfather's roots a little bit that you went into Angus yeah. in 2015. Yeah, I mean, just just a little bit about that. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, we, I'm a butcher, and we, we like them traditionally. Well, obviously, they were too small and fat, but we like them round, round. And Angus shouldn't have any corners. They should be round. And they, they brought the Canadians in. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't like them. Um, I didn't like looking at the cat. You know, the first cross was okay, and then because the, the first cross actually made them bigger, but they kept that roundness. And when they used the Canadian bull the second time, the cat were you know big and plain basically, or plainer type. And we didn't really like them. And I said, oh, not for me. So that's why I got out. I said it. But if I ever see any Angus I'd like again, I said we'll, we'll get a few. Okay. Um, and, and and to be fair, they have been prudent. Now I, I was wrong. Um, I, I I actually criticised the Angus for bringing them big plain cattle in. But just remember that if you hadn't got them. If they hadn't done that and gotten bigger at the, and gone through that awkward stage, they wouldn't be as good as they are today. No, they, they, they are. So I, they are now the, the number one, aren't they? Or they're supposedly the certainly the number one in, in registrations. And as you said, it's taken a long. We said earlier on, it's taken a long time to get them back, and they had to go through that pain barrier to get them there. But exactly right. But you waited yeah. until the Angus were a, a, a bit smarter, and I think it was John <laughs> John Loftus's sale when you get started on those. Yeah, we we went. We just sort of just started. We started liking one or two of them. I just thought we wouldn't like most of a few. John Loftus obviously had a good herd, and we went and had a look round. Yeah, they weren't all our sort of cow, but there was you know, a, a heifer there with a hell of a good bull calf on it. Not a big heifer, but a real Angus type. And I asked him how she was bred, and, and it was an embryo imported from Canada. Yeah. And uh, and her mother and her, and our grandmother were both agribition champions in Canada. Right. And we quite liked the heifer, and she had such a good calf, which was, was as big as a cow, actually. He was only 10 months old. But he was really sick, and uh, so we thought we'd buy that one. And there was also another half of the same way bred in the sale a year younger, at just in calf, and she, we liked her as well, so we bought the two. Uh, we gave, I think, 13 for one and seven for the other, but the bull calf made, was only 10 months old, he made 14,000. Right, right. It was just, but we bought that cow, and then she bred, we had uh, two bull, two calves out, we had one at 9,000 and one at 6,500, the first two bull calves embryos out of her, so she bred quite well as well. Okay, okay, and then you uh, you went on to the Blelac dispersal, of course, probably one of the biggest, yep. talk, most talked about uh, sales of the of the century, and uh, you went there, Mike, with your checkbook, and, and you're going to pick the ones that you wanted from there? Well, we just, we had only had the two Angus cows, and we just said, oh, if another, same again, if a good herd gets sold, and top herd gets sold, then we'll just might, might buy one or two. All of a sudden, the Blelac herd came for sale, and they did production sales over the year, and a lot of them have gone and done well, but there's nothing quite like 
gone for it during the dispersal. So we went there and picked out two or three cows we thought were breeding and got them bought, really. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, yeah, they said one of the cows had bred the champion in October that year. Um, uh, I can't remember. Well, the boy, he made 24,000. I can't remember his name. And the cows and says we bought the cow and she was in, she had a calf on her which made 16,000, which we didn't buy. We just bought the cow and she was in calf again. And uh, the heifer calf I ever was champion at the um, Agri Expo in Carlisle, the Angus, and was champion in Stars of the Future and was junior native interbreed. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> so it went on and did well, but it, 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 it does. A good effort. It does show that uh, that you, you do have the right eye for the job because when you go to a sale and you buy one, you invariably buy the top price one, and you don't just buy the top price one by throwing your money about. You buy, you pick the one you want, and it happens to be the same one that everyone yeah, else wants. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we just don't. We, we, it's not if you start an in pedigree world, if you start worrying, you need to buy the genetics. And if you start worrying about it. You know, you could go and you might not get it right, but if you, if you go to a dispersal and you're buying something that's already breeding, you, you're sort of you're halfway home. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a production sale and you, and you think we're only going to get four or five grand for one, you buy ten, you know, you, you could be wasting your money. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just yeah, yeah. It's just and, and and you don't want too many. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're flushing the Angus now. We've got one or two embryos on the grain, so we'll just see how it goes. And you bought. Um... Uh, one from the Chadwell again, another dispersal, another great herd as well. So I mean, you have picked you've picked the places to to, to start your Angus herd from. Yeah, well, just an, uh, unbelievable, isn't it? That, that twelve months or six months later, the Chadwell sold up. Um, so we thought we better go and have a look. And yeah, we had a, we had a, there was a lot of good cattle there. Obviously, they done well at the shows and everything. And yeah, we quite liked the heifer we picked out. And funny enough, her mother made uh, twenty eight thousand. I think it was the top price to sell with her heifer calf. And uh, the heifer we bought was your daughter. We bought for twenty-two thousand, so top, top two prices were the same rate bred. Okay, yeah. But they were actually they were actually black lady heather breeding. All right, okay. So yeah, uh, we we never actually had that line. So yeah, we quite like the heifer, and we we bought that one. Yeah, I think so time will tell. Going back to the to the black, I think that was an Evora line as well. So you've got some yeah some of the top lines that are in the breed at the moment, and, and that comes down to doing your homework as well as just looking at the cattle, doesn't it? So you might turn up and oh, find exactly the best right. one, but you've got to study the job a little bit, and that takes a lot of time no, back no, from a busy yeah, man. It's not, it's, yeah, it's easy to have a farm full of show cows that don't breed. Easy. <laughs> 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 it's, you know, and to be honest, you pedigree breeding. If they don't breed, you won't be showing for very long. So, so you, you know, you keep it going. They got to be breeding, they? Because you, you say what you like, you know, fat stock showing. Yeah, you can, you can go and buy a cow because they're, you know, they're on the market to buy if you prefer to get the money from them and do well with them. But in pedigree breeding, if you want to do well in it, people don't sell the best. So if you can't breed them, you got, you won't win much because it's hard. You, you can't buy them best cows because people don't sell them. No, as you say, people don't sell them unless you go to dispersal, which is what you did there. And uh, you talk about the show, talk about the shows. Uh, you run a big team of cattle to all the shows. You had uh, Drew Hislop on the team for a while as an able, able young man. And uh, you turn out at all the shows and, and you're never far away from the top. But it, again, takes a lot of organizing and, and, uh, and a lot of feeding and, and uh, a lot of commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we've always shown her. Well, to be honest, Mel does most of it. Really, she's she's on she's on the farm all the time. She runs the holiday business, and she organises bloke. She's an unbelievable organizer. Um, she can organise anything. So this year we were so busy in the meat job. We, we actually drew his lot, and he's got his own farm there in the Ayrshire. Mm-hmm. And Drew, Drew's going to be showing six of our cattle for us. All oh, right, okay, that, that makes sense. He's up there doing it for us. Well, it's just 
he, he wants to go on his own, and we, we got we got some nice cattle there, so he, he was quite keen to do it. So we gave him for him to do it. So we can go to the shows this time and just take it a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah that's that's the way to do it. Certainly, <laughs> but it won't be that <laughs> won't be that easy because um, we'll go on to the other side. I mean, you've still got a crossbred calf, I think, this year, haven't you? Uh, did I see you buy one out of Brecon? Yeah. So you're still in that playing in that game. But uh, yeah. let's go on to the sheep side of it, Mike, because uh, yeah, we all know sheep take more bloody time than cattle do, don't they? They're they're they're, they're no, a time they're in, time investment and a difficult thing. But uh, yeah, you, you've got three, four flocks of sheep now you and, and your daughter so we have yeah we have um yeah sonny law does the suffolk so he's keen on suffolk so he's going to be showing them um we got t- t- we're doing the sheep we're actually going to shows with the sheep ourselves and drew doing the cattle uh we got um probably after and charlie's we're going to show um a couple of tap lambs a ewe lamb gimmer and a, and, a, and a shirley ram and um probably not going to show any texas this time we've got a few texas as well so we, we, we you know we got all sheep at home, so we're, we're pretty busy really but so uh, we <laughs> It's hard to do the cattle and the sheep too much. Yeah, I can, I can, I can totally get that. Yeah. Totally get. Let's just talk through your sheep a little bit then. You into Charolais, I think you went in 2005 or six. I think you went in there from uh, Lionel Organ's dispersal. And again, talking dispersal sales, you couldn't have picked a better man to go and pick some seed stock from originally. No, I, we, we, we bought a few different places, um, just one or two. We just got we got probably ten gimmers together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then and then whittled them down over the years, and probably four or five lines of, of bread. Most of the sheep I got now come from four lines. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the way it is, and, and we, we got one line that breeds unbelievable. To be honest, with you. She, she bred the the ram that Logie bought for sixteen thousand in, in Worcester, um, mm-hmm. Foxo Far Vava Vuma three years ago. Yeah, and he he he, he spread. He went one of the best breeding tops he ever had. Like. I saw him. He was at the, the, the Highland Showcase a couple of years ago. A tremendous sheep. And, That's and, it. And, yeah. and, and then he bred a son to a seventeen thousand, which he bought back again. So uh, is that right, or did you sell him another one? He, he did. He bought, I bought one off him for fifteen thousand private. I bought a lamb on the farm. I said to Logie, if you ever get a lamb bike, I like the tap so much. He was at my best you, and he, he was tremendous. He never sees you to see what a confirmation he was. So I said to Logie, if you ever get a good lamb, like one of your best ewes, I said, I'll buy one back. And that's the one I bought on All Star. Uh, uh, Logie Donner All Star, he's called. Okay. But, Lo- but, Lo- but Logie, Logie went to the Worcester last year with, with taps, by, by all by our tap. Mm-hmm. And he had them. Um, Champion Reserve Ram Lambs, Champion Reserve Shielding Ram, Champion Reserve, and they're all by Vava Voom, so I was well pleased, really. Yeah, I'm sure you were. There's some boys, those Luggy Dino boys, you're a hard worker, they're hard workers. I think you guys are kindred when it comes to that, but they, they run a lot of breeds and, and, uh, and they do the job really well, don't they? Phenomenal. Probably the best sheep producers of pedigree sheep in the country, I would have said, of all breeds. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know how they do it, to be honest with you. Like you said, the work in sheep is more than it is in cow. It's, it's, it's endless. <laughs> yeah, Endless. yeah, it is, it um, is, and uh, another great breeder. I think you were standing at his sale, Percy Tate, when he died. There, you bought a few other purses dispersed. Did you buy Charolais from there, or, or I got another breed? I, I didn't, I didn't mind. I just bought a couple of uh, Rouge. Well, Will, Will, Rouge. Will, the stockman at there, came to work for us, and he liked the Rouge. We bought a couple of, couple of Rouge at the sale from the okay. to have a go with. Okay, and uh, and that's where we got the so we had the, we got the rouge from. So you got a few rouge there as well. That's three breeds and, and uh, two breeds rather we're into. And you mentioned the Texels, and I'm currently writing about the Texels just now. And and uh, um, those are Charlottes, I think the Texels aren't they? Your early females came from yeah, yeah. Strasbourg, Ettrick, uh, Malcolm Reed, I think a, a gimmer from Plusha over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, um, we probably haven't gotten that well. The Texels really. I mean, trouble is I'm commercially minded, and the, the Ram Lamb Texel job is not commercially minded. It's two breeds really. You got the Ram Lamb Texel, which is where the, where the showing and, and the fun is in some ways, mm-hmm. but the the, the real Texels are the Sherlin breeders that breed the commercial man, and they're two different breeds. You know, if if you breed this, if you breed a Sherlin type Texel for that for that market, and you want to show, you're wasting your time because they're not what the what the breeders are looking for. They've got the head, 
and all the things that the, the, the people are looking for is in the ram lambs and it, and, and, and 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 in my opinion they're not 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 commercially minded in one way a bit at all and i'm commercially minded so mm-hmm. Okay. We're looking at the wrong sort of sheet, sheet, really. That makes sense. And you talk about shearling. Uh, I know you brought it up with uh, John Elliott there at Rawburn. So, uh, you know, John's a shearling yeah. man as well, probably with similar similar ideals to yourself. 40,000, was he? Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. yeah but they, they, we've, had, we've got some good sheep on there by them now, but they're, they're bigger, but, they, you know, they haven't got enough. They, they haven't bought one that, got enough head because they're, they're more shearling type. And if you want to go showing, um, unless you've got the head, you, you, you've got no chance. No matter how good your sheep are, if they haven't got that, that right Taxle head on them, wasting your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You said a slightly different sheep there, and 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 so well, two different breeds. Yeah. And and the Suffolk's you mentioned, Charlotte got married last year, I think, and it's Neville into that. And did you paid nineteen thousand for a gamma from Myver Evans uh, and 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 a Ulam as well? So and then you turned up at the shows yeah. with her last year. Yeah, Nev did. Nev Nev left the Suffolk, so I thought we, we bought we were at Suffolk sale. We bought a couple of Suffolks from obviously from Miffer, who's got some of the best Suffolks in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and we bought a really good Ulam. And she went on and bred quite well. But the ewe lamb the next year is a Shirley Year one. She won the Yorkshire, Devon County, Royal Cornwall. Everywhere she went, like, yeah, tre- tremendous skimmer, like, yeah. She was a tremendous, yeah, tremendous sheep. I remember her at the Yorkshire show, and I'm lucky not to win the interbreed that day. I thought, what a big, powerful sheep. I know. Great, great character about her. <laughs> she was, yeah. But she, we flushed her. We got a couple of really good ewe lambs there, actually. She's going to show one, never show one ewe lamb this year. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, so, yeah she bred really well. Good. Good, good. And, and a few blue texels there, I see, come in. Did you stick with those? Um, no, we haven't got. They wed them for Charlotte when, when she was young, but no, no, we're not. I just, I'm not keen on on breeds. I don't think commercially viable. You know, they're, they're, they're a tremendous show breed. Kids love them. Great for showing, but just long term. You know, unless you can sell tops to commercial men, you wonder how long some of these breeds are going. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's you need the commer- the commercial side of it to keep a breed going long term. Yeah. Yeah, amen to that one. I won't say any more because there's a lot of blue text uh, breeders listening to this program. And just move on to your own business. You mentioned, um, mentioned that Mel runs the holiday side of it, and you've got um, your dog breeding as well. But you've got uh, three or four holiday cottages there. That seems to be something you're putting an investment in. Some shepherd's huts and various things. Is that is that a, a direction that yeah, uh, that Mel, you're going? Mel, Mel yeah, Mel's got five holidays and three shepherds. That's yeah. She's she's we've done it for the year. We had one or two for years. Gradually bought, bought one or two more. But um, yeah, she, Mel does that all the time, um, full time. Okay. Charlotte helps her, and then Charlotte, Charlotte runs the office in the meat business as well. Does she? And she has horses too, of course. Just don't forget that, the, a passion for the horses that she has. And profitable things, horses, Mike? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they, they got, um, they, they're breeding a few Welsh cubs at the moment. They've got Texan A's and B's, yeah. They've got a few foals of it. Yeah, they quite, quite like doing that. So, yeah, it's, 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 you can't beat livestock and stock, you know, it's all animals. It's a... Uh, good for the mind isn't it really done exceptionally well haven't they and getting to Olympia and various things and you'd be very proud of them let's just, yeah done really well yeah let's just no, go on yeah. let's just go on to your own business Mike uh, um, I said I won't keep you too long but uh, your own real bread and butter of course is it started with a butcher's shop and then expanded on, on that yeah so yeah yeah. I started in a butcher shop we used to kill our own meat and um, grandfather had it and we used to kill on Mondays and Tuesdays and then sell it the rest of the week in the town and then I think in 1990 probably 1990s so new, new EU regulations came in and Said that you know you either got to upgrade this site we had there or, or build a new one or, or they take your license away basically because uh-huh. it was you know it, was, it produced beautiful meat but the regulations is not about that regulations are about premises and paperwork and all that sort of stuff uh-huh. not about the meat there's nothing to do with it but the meat was perfect but the premises they considered not good enough yeah. so we built a new new plant on the on the other farm uh, in '93. Where's that, Mike? Just remind me. That's a stable grove in Taunton. Taunton, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then, and then uh, we just well, we only killed for ourselves to start with, but then we had a few butchers because we built a bit bigger than what we needed. Uh, asked us about killing stuff, and we started killing stuff. And there was a lot of abattoirs around then, and 
you could get stuff killed everywhere. There's too many avatars, really. But we, we, we started doing a bit, and uh, over the years, they started closing up different places, and we're probably one of the only ones left in the area, and we, we do 300 cattle, 500 pigs, and 500 lambs a week now. We supply a lot of about 120 butchers through the southwest up to London. Mm-hmm. We've got two of our own shops, and then we've got a cutting plant. We bone quite a bit of beef. Yeah, so it's expanded quite big, really. Yeah, yeah, and you provide a lot of shops, and you, you still keep a couple of shops yourself, though, still keep your hand in there yeah. to know what yeah, the customer still, wants. Too, yeah. Uh-huh. That's it, yeah, we do. Yeah, we, 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 I always thought that if we, we never used to do it wholesale, but I thought, well, if we supply the butcher the same quality as we sell ourselves, there must be a market for it because most wholesalers you know, are not into retail, if you know what I mean. But if you understand retail, you, you can get on well wholesaling because you know what the retail wants, yeah. the retail trade's looking for. But a lot of wholesalers, right, people that never worked in retail, don't know what the retailer's looking for, really. No, no, that's so. We, and we supplied them, we supplied them exactly what we did all best gilt pigs, all their best lambs, nice heifers, all handy weights. All about eating. I, I know my livestock, and I think they're going to eat nice. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what retail is all about, meat that eats nice. <clears throat> yeah, sure, sure. And, and uh, you'll, uh, where, where will you pick up those then? You, 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 you stand in the market and buy them, or have you got regular suppliers? That, that, that yeah, we, 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 we buy, yeah, but we, we, probably, we, we fatten 40 or 50 a week off our own farm. Okay. Uh, we, we've got four, 400, three or 400 cattle on ad lib feed, indoors and outdoors all the time. Right. So we're pulling from there, and we buy them. We like continental cross natives, really. <clears throat> but they're those cats that used to be in Smithfield years ago. You know, they were, they were showerly limbs out of native cat cross cows. Um, they're all at 550 kilos unfinished, and then meats are soft as butter. And so we, we buy a lot of them easy flesh cattle that are going to easy to finish and nice soft meat. That's what we're looking. For. Easy to finish, yeah, easy, ma- to finish, easy to finish, maybe, but not so easy to find. I would have thought, Mike. They can't be. Yeah, you know, there's not a general supplier. Hey, that. Not no, no, but surprise. Not, not that, no, but down in the south, mind, the surprising where you can find. I mean, we, we cover a lot of markets, and I got people buying for me as well. When they see them, they buy them. Do you know what I mean? So, no, if you went to one market, you wouldn't buy, you wouldn't buy forty or fifty. But you know, they get a thousand cattle there on a, on a on a Sedgemoor on a Saturday, for instance. Right. And I bought forty last week, <clears throat> twenty to kill and twenty to feed. Okay. Some weeks you might only buy fifteen or twenty. You know, so it's not big numbers, but you can. If you, if you know what you're looking for, you can find them, yeah. And I suppose when you do see them, you've got the farm you can drop them into if you're not going to kill them that week as well. So you've got both both, both, both got bases that, yeah, covers. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Both bases. But we, we, also cover the mar- we also cover the market as well by all them traditional cattle, can't we? So. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And, and and is the meat business changing? What's what's Brexit done for you, Mike? I, it's a question I ask everybody because it hits different people different ways. Was, was there ever an export market for you to start with? And you involved in that? Well, we... We used to do, but not with for several years. We used to export a few cows actually to Holland one time. We kill a few cows as well, um, but, that, but then they became as worth much as much, as much money in the UK, so we didn't we stopped exporting. Um, no, I think that export market's there if you want to do it, but um, we don't because we're too busy on other things really. Sure. But the, the, the people are exporting. It's still, it's, I mean, Brexit is, you know, the lamb job. They're still exporting the lamb. It's all you know. People were nervous that everyone said the lamb trade was going to be on the floor when we came back. Brexit, they're going to worth this and that. They actually went up in price. On fire, yeah. So. It's crazy, but a lot of things in agriculture are opposite what everyone thinks, aren't they? What you know, what, what people are doing is farmers are buying store lambs. If everyone's normally, if everyone wants it, it's never any good. If everyone, <laughs> normally, when someone when nobody wants it, I know you don't want it either, but it nearly always turns into money, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 but a lot of things in agriculture are quite opposite what everyone thinks. It ends up different than what everyone thinks. Go against the trend. I remember that going back to the days we used to take cattle down to Smithfield and you'd see a, a class of Angus and there'd only be one or two in. you think, I'll bring some of those next year and you get them. There's 25 of them in there. So that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, if it's happening now, it's too late, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Exactly right. And, and um, do, you, do you believe that the industry is getting the support that it needs government-wise in the the meat industry or are, they, are, we, are you doing what no, you can well, not, not, not really I, I think that <clears throat> I thought this you know, like um, COVID and, and the food shortage and 
there's been a bit of food shortage now. People, nobody wants to work, you know, and and it's you know if you want to eat food, somebody's got to do some work to produce it. Uh-huh. And I thought that 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 that, that you know, they, they were not not interested in agriculture, but those things there I thought would make them more interested in agriculture, thinking you know food security. But I don't know that has really. I mean, they, they keep pushing on with everything. I mean, nothing wrong with it. you know everything has to be the environment has to be sustainable. Everything has to be sustainable, but but not at the expense of food. I mean, you know if you don't eat any food, you don't live. It's, it's and all the trouble in the world and everything, thinking you're going to get it from somewhere else. So I, I, I can't believe that the government haven't really stood on for food security and, and pushed it because everything's looking that way that we need to have food security. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they don't seem to be—they don't seem to be that keen about it. It's, it's strange, really. Mm-hmm. And, the, and times are changing as well, money-wise and what have you. That food is—everybody says food is too cheap now for the for the people. Then realistically, one or two people have said this animal should be 50% more, and, and or beef should be 50% dearer than it is. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, <clears throat> just when I when I was young, I mean, a working man used to spend nearly half his money on feeding the family. Well, when it went down, it was probably, I, don't, I don't know what it is now. Maybe it's 10, 10 or fifteen, twenty percent. I don't know, but it was less than ten percent for a long time. So, for, I mean, so for, in real terms, foods even now the food's gone up. You know, from what it was, it's still not as dear as it was fifty, sixty years ago. Not in not in the value of money. No. So it's it's you know people people have had food too cheap, and it, it's 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 unsustainable cheap food because you know farmers. Unless it pays, no people won't produce it, and 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 people need to work. I mean, you can't you can only produce so much food with with machineries and robots. You still need people to run it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and certain jobs need to be done by hand, and, and nobody wants to work. I mean, <laughs> it's you know we find it hard in the meat industry. We struggle for staff all the time. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants. It's hard. It's hard work. It's consistent. What's the, you, what's the numbers of staff do you uh, run, Mike? Well, we have about sixty staff in total, but but. You know, p- people can earn. We got people earning a thousand pounds. People in our trade can earn, and agriculture can earn more than they can behind a desk now. I mean, the teachers have pushed kids to go to university and, and technical, technical sort of thing for years because we don't do manual work. But actually, it's getting the stage because no one wants to do any manual work. They're, they're getting better paid than the people sat in front of the computer screen. Yeah, yeah, that's true enough. That yeah, go more that way. Go more that way. I think. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. But if, if the, the ones that you can't automate, then you do need to pay some skilled people, the people to do that and to learn the skills. And let's just yeah. just go on. And finally, Mike, you do a lot of judging. I've never seen a man judge as much as you do, but that's because you've got so many different breeds going on. And uh, you must turn down a lot of lot of judging appointments. I don't think you could fit all that in around a busy life you have. Well, I try. I do turn a few down, but no, not if it's a deep, decent sized show or show that's going to have some stock. I try to do it if I can. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you can't do it all. I mean. But it's not. I mean, if you if you're not a bad job, if you're retired with it, you go around judging a few shows in the summer. I couldn't think any better. But like you said, when you're busy, it's hard to fit it all in. And it's a trouble. Yeah, yeah, it is. I saw you judging at Agri Expo last year and made a fantastic job of that and, and stood up, stood behind what you said, um, stood up and spoke yeah, yeah. spoke well as well. And then right, right, around the corner, Mel was winning with an Angus calf, so she was quite happy that, uh, that she she. she yeah, well, I, I didn't know till 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 I finished judging that the calf had, had won the Angus. So <laughs> that was quite a pleasant pleasant surprise. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, Mike, I really had a lot of your time. I appreciate that. I know you're away just at the moment, and downtime must be difficult for you to get with amongst all those things. But uh, we'll see you out, yeah. see you out on the shows in the summer. I'm sure. Um, whenever the f- do, yeah. first shows start, you won't be far away from show season. Now you must be just getting to kick no, off. Right? No, that's that's right. Yeah, I think I think Drew's going to do one or two up north to start with, and then we're going to we're doing the. The Highland, Yorkshire, and the Welsh. So can't wait, can't wait. It'll be great fun. I'll be at all three of those as well. Look forward to seeing you, mate. Thanks very much for your time. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, thanks for the interview, Andy. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, bye.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support with this podcast. And don't forget, Harbro's are suppliers and manufacturers of high-quality feeds and offer free nutritional advice. So uh, please get in touch with your local Harbro representative or look out Harbro on the internet to find out all about their great products and their great service. And while you're there on the internet, don't forget to look out our Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find a few photographs and other information to back up this episode and previous episodes.